1: Episode 1 is over, but we are just getting started at the Bridgerton Post Show Recap. Uh, I'm Kirsten McInnes, and I'm here with an amazing group of women to discuss the Season 1, Episode 1 of Bridgerton. Um, First up, Sasha Joseph is here. Sasha, how are you? Uh,
2: So excited to be here. Can't believe we're finally back talking Dark Walk, all things Bridgerton. Just want to be clear, I'm only here because the Duke is hot.
1: (laughs) Honestly, yes. Uh, I was DMing with Sasha today about how upsetting it is that there's only really one man for us to objectify on this show, and it is the Duke. Uh, But Sasha and I are not alone. Um, We are also joined by uh, the fabulous Sarah Carradine
3: is here. Sarah, how are you? Uh, Good morning from Sydney. Uh, Lands of the Gadigal people of the Aora Nation. This land was never ceded, and I acknowledge it always was, and it always will be Aboriginal land. Very excited to be back with the Dark Walk crew to talk all things Bridgeton, heaving bosoms, manly abdominals, (coughs) the occasional glimpse of a bottom. Um, I'm here.
1: Every time she says manhood, like, take a drink. I know. Priorities,
3: (laughs) like, honestly. Uh,
1: uh, And then last, but certainly not least, we also have Geneva Guadalupe here. Geneva, how are you?
4: I am great. So happy to be here. I cannot believe that, you know, Bridgerton came out last year, kind of, you know, around this period of time. And now it became this like huge phenomenon and now we're even getting close to season two which is so exciting um so i'm really glad to be reunited with you all and unfortunately you know sasha i don't know how you're going to fare in season two because from what i know we're not going to see much of the (laughs) dukes
2: but i mean season two i'm excited because listen representation the main um well anthony will be right the main with his love interest will be an indian woman so i don't care it's we're we're good people because when duke leaves representation comes in for me personally as an indian woman so so we're
1: good (laughs) And honestly, um, for anyone who's read the Bridgerton books, uh, the second one is one that I've definitely gone back to reread because it's a really fun one. So I think season two is going to be really good. Um, We are going to be recapping all of season one of Bridgerton episode by episode. These episodes are going to drop, I believe, twice a week uh, leading up to the premiere of season two. And then we will have episode by episode coverage of that as well. Um, And we'll keep you all updated on the schedule um, as it gets closer to because I'm not going to make Geneve open her spreadsheet again today. <laughs> um, but uh, if you're like, oh, that's too slow. I can't get enough. This this group of four has already uh, covered Bridgerton season one in more broad strokes. Uh, we did that on the Post Show Recaps patron feed. Um, however, it is free to check out. So uh, you can also go back and get our takes from early 2021 uh, instead of early 2022, if that's so. Uh, interests you
3: it was a different time but i wonder if our thoughts are the same
2: i know right That's someone else do this for us where you just remember. be like sasha you said you hated blank and now you love him what's <laughs> going on
1: so what has changed
2: me every year
1: i mean what hasn't changed in this year right <laughs> good point. But yeah, so uh, season one, episode one of Bridgerton is basically just a lot of setup. We are setting the stage for the entire season to come. uh, And the episode is called Diamond of the First Water, which I should have mentioned before, but I didn't um, sue me.
2: (laughs) No, that's fine. You're now starting the episode anyway. Like, no one. Listen, if this is not the podcast for maybe all the the correct things but this is the podcast for all the drama baby
3: that's why we're here here, we're here for julie andrews we're here for the first two lines containing the phrases sorrowful sows and Mm. shockingly prolific and revisiting i was excited again by Her voice taking me right back to when I was a tiny child and taken to The Sound of Music three times. Uh, First release, I will say, on its first release. Uh, And um, how she has guided me through many parts of my life. And here she is to tell me all about uh, Regency London and I'm thrilled.
1: Yes. Um, so f- I guess before we get started, we should maybe go around to remind everyone of kind of our histories with the show with Regency romance in general, that kind of thing. Um, Geneva, what got you so into Bridgerton to start?
4: Yeah. So I would say that in terms of the past and like my interests, it kind of started with a lot of um, you know, Regency. Georgian era, a lot of those sorts of uh, content, especially also like Pride and Prejudice back in the day, that was kind of very huge for me, whether it was the books, the different film adaptations, etc., cetera. And then also just the general twist of Shonda Rhimes um, and her shows. So like I was a huge Scandal fan and How to Get Away with Murder fan. Um, and so for me, you know, seeing the blend of like these two worlds together, I think was going to be really special to me. And so I was really excited about it. Um, and especially just to see that, you know, even though maybe some people I have some claims about historical accuracies or inaccuracies, I was excited to see just kind of like people cast for their ability and um you know being able to tell this story in maybe a a new fresh way and we still in this actually in bridgerton we kind of do see some uh modern elements in it as well especially with a lot of like a lot of the you know balls or different events they have a lot of the string music like thank you next and a variety of other things so i think because you know we're telling a past story now today it's always good to hear um, kind of see some uh, different twists and realities within that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Sarah, what? What about you? What's your your history with uh, I guess historical fiction <laughs> and romance? <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, romance, uh, blah, boo. I'm anti-romance. I'm anti-love. I think it's stupid. How I don't do you know. Are you on <laughs> the right podcast? Are on the wrong podcast. <laughs> um, but, you know, despite my, my punk roots in the 1970s, I suppose I've softened uh, somewhat. The reason I wanted to watch Bridgerton was uh, entirely and solely because of Shonda rhymes. So I thought, well, if it's good enough for Shonda, I suppose I could give it a look out of half an eye. And within the first five minutes, I was completely enraptured Of course I want them to fall in love. Of course I want them to live forever uh, when there are perhaps problems coming down the line. We don't know because we're just on episode one. Uh, I was very, very anxious and I wanted them to get back together. So it's true that even a curmudgeon can be softened by romance and by the fashion of the age. And also, as Geneva said, I was really fascinated to see how they use the time that the, that the show is set in to talk about our time now. And I was particularly struck on re-watching something that Daphne says quite early in this episode about what a woman is bred for and what her value is. And one could say, oh, ho, ho, ho the old days, uh, but uh, I think any woman alive uh, might find resonance in, in her words. Definitely. And uh,
1: Sasha, what about you? What what drew you to Bridgerton? I really like the
2: idea of the show, like Geneva and Sarah talked about, where you know, the idea of Shonda Rhimes and diversity, because listen, like Britain was out here, right? This is in 1813, conquering everyone. So, you know, the the empire, the, the sun never set on the British empire, right? So it's really interesting to me because um, that's always, I'm Indian, right? We were conquered by the British. So I've always been really fascinated by all of that and, um, you know, bringing in diversity, that for some reason Hollywood or you know whatever we've never seen before which is weird because obviously these people existed around this time it wasn't just everyone was white at the time so I don't know I I love the twist Chonda rhymes of course and I'm a sucker for love story like I like Christmas stories especially are my favorite the cheesier the better uh, I'm Jewish so I don't know what that says about me but yeah I'm into
1: everything love and diversity Amazing, yes. And and for myself, I have been reading Regency romance novels since I was like, I don't know, nine. Like way too young to be reading that stuff. <laughs> um, so I've just always been really into that. Um, just like Geneva, obviously love Pride and Prejudice. oh, Pride and Prejudice, but like not just any movie adaptation. It has to be the BBC miniseries or get it lost. No yeah, um, makes sense. I, don't I also used to watch I don't know if people
4: are aware of the YouTube uh like web series the Lizzie Bennet Diaries that was also oh, yes. uh, a thing I really enjoyed as well so I'll take mm. Lizzie
1: Bennet Diaries as well but no Kira Knightley get out of here she's she's not meant for Pride and Prejudice <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> she's just not right um but yeah so when I found out the show was coming out I uh instantly read all of the books before watching it and uh that was a great choice because the books are pretty good overall, too. So we love that. And uh, I guess we should just jump more into the, the episode itself. So um, the episode starts um, with a voiceover by Lady Whistledown, who we don't know much about yet, but we will very soon. Um, and she is kind of setting the stage for the season. They're in Grosvenor Square, 1813, um, talking about how the social season works In England, how everyone comes in the spring, they'll be presented, um, and it's the aim of uh, very young women to be married off, (laughs) mostly (laughs) for financial gain.
2: (laughs) As feminists, this is the funniest thing, that here we are talking about this, because it's the antithesis of everything I feel like I'm into, but that's why I'm so fascinated by it, because you know, what would it be like to not worry about dating and, you know, not worry about the Tinder swindler out in these streets. Right. Like and that. just be like, you know, maybe I find a rich man and I live a life, you know, I, I don't know if it's a good life. That's why I say a life, but I, maybe that's, that's a way I'm I'm not against it. I'll say.
3: Definitely, I can give pressure. you the advice that uh, my mother gave me in the 1970s. She said to me, don't marry for money, but marry where money is. Period. Hmm. Oh, can't I wait didn't to use do that, any though. of that. Uh, I never wanted to get married. Every time the line "Every little girl dreams about her wedding day" comes up, I have to shout alone in my room. Uh, not every little girl, but as I say, this really got me in. And I'll also say that The Princess Bride is one of my favorite movies. So I, I'm, I'm i'm a contradiction intersectional (laughs) identities okay yes i have an intersectional Mm -hmm. romantic identity (laughs) so um
1: we start off and we're introduced to Daphne who is the um female lead for this season and that this is the thing is Daphne kind of is like the quintessential lead for this sort of story because she understands her place in this machine she knows what her role is and what she needs to do but also um she she doesn't really fit it anyways like she like it's the impression you get is that she is putting on a show but she understands the importance of that show and I think that that's what's really important about kind of regency fiction in general is normally the um female lead is always uh, a woman who is like escaping the machine mm. a little bit, even if they're still, like, performing within the exact actions of it and almost always end up randomly falling in love with the Duke. It's weird how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which is, like, her sister, we'll, who we'll get to know throughout, I
2: feel like, this series. But Eloise, I feel like, is more that. Yeah. Heroine uh
1: versus this. Yeah, in the book, Daphne's a little bit more. Like, you Ooh, get to actually okay, know... Okay. You get to know what she's thinking, which I think is, like, really, really important because without having, like, her thoughts, you're like, well, okay, well, she punched a guy, but, like, what else, right? Mm. Um, So it's nice getting her in.
3: This casting of uh, Daphne Dynavore, I'm sorry if that's the wrong pronunciation, I love it, it's Dynavore, I think Carnivore. I think there's (laughs) something where, yes, we may miss her thoughts, but there's something very transparent about this young actress, very presentational, very aware of herself, as the character, I mean, so that when she does have this very uh, uh, stern and dark uh, speech about what is a woman for, we understand that Daphne may not subscribe to the mores of the time, but that she understands her fate and her responsibility. There's quite a lot of talk about responsibility in this first episode, and responsibility means different things to different people. And she is the good, obedient daughter, very aware of what her purpose is, prepared to fulfil it, but not to her own detriment in that she is definitely not going to marry the, um, the one with the yellow teeth. No, not <laughs> yeah. that crusty
2: man. And no, I, think, so musty.
3: I think too, like,
4: and you know, this happens later on in the episode, but I think that's kind of where we start to hear like Daphne's like, you know, I know that there's all this attention on me and all this sort of stuff, you know, people might hate me or have animosity towards me. But at the end of the day that me and my prospects will affect you, um, you know, in the future and will affect our whole family. So she realizes the burden that she carries, um but she you know doesn't seem to stress it too much um but you know I think we we also tend to see how um you know her uh family has a huge influence on what happens in the social season for her um, referencing her brother mm.
1: yes absolutely so um to start off we do see Daphne uh presented at court uh and the queen is impressed with her grace and her beauty and uh I think calls her just lovely and kisses her forehead, marking yeah. her as the one to watch. She is the uh, the diamond. diamond of the season.
3: She is. She's flawless. Like,
2: yeah, obviously, right? Like, first of all, can we talk about how the queen shows up? Like that view of like the queen and her squad, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it was just so visually pleasing. And I appreciate the Featheringtons, who also we see they're like the new money family and like gaudy in a mess. Like literally, f- like they fall, like one of the daughters falls yeah, uh, before, yeah, before we see Daphne, right, being presented. So I just appreciate how they're like everyone else is bumbling and fumbling, but look at our like flawless diamond uh, of the season
4: and then yeah and then she's like oh my gosh did this actually happen Her mom's like keep smiling they're watching you more than ever um so it just kind of gets to that point where like you know Daffy's seeing and noticing what's happening around her and how people are seeing her but then her mom keeps saying do this do that this is what you're supposed to do this is what's going to happen now Um, But very exciting, I guess, for the family, at least, to have the Queen's approval.
1: Yes. uh, Sorry, go ahead.
3: Well, the mama has a lot of children to get off her hands, a lot of children. And uh, I think she feels the responsibility as a dowager, uh, or we would say widow now, uh, to make sure that they marry well. And absolutely right, uh, Daphne's marriage will set the tone for all the rest of the Bridgertons alphabetically coming behind her.
1: Yes. And so uh, Daphne is the oldest daughter, um, but she is the fourth child. So, of course, her older brothers are not expected to marry, but she's, what, like 16 or 17? And it's like, no, you're, it's your time. You, you've got to get married. Um, too bad. Um, but the Bridgerton family, they do have children. They're named alphabetically um, in order of birth, and they go A through H. Um, the with Benedict the
4: Cullen, Daphne, Eloise, Francesca, Gregory, Hyacinth.
1: Yes, exactly. That's right. You're welcome, everyone. Um, and in fact, uh, Violet Bridgerton was pregnant with Hyacinth when um, her late husband passed away. So Ooh. the youngest baby never even got to meet um, their dad. So Sorry. sad story. That will be more relevant in season two. <laughs> um, but speaking of the family... Uh, yes. Because their father has passed away, the oldest brother, Anthony, um, is re- he's responsible for the family. It's his uh, responsibility to ensure that Daphne is um, married well and is not, you know, spending all of her time with like a fortune hunter or anything along those lines. And he takes it very seriously when he's not sleeping with opera singers on the side of the road.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, because
1: that's grade. the first – yeah, first scene that we see of Anthony, and really what?
2: One minute, sorry, three minutes. I marked it. Three minutes into the show, <laughs> we see Anthony B living his best life because this man is pounding this woman on a tree. Okay, like a mess. Wilded footman or chair, whatever. Yeah, they got to stand guard. Yeah, they got to stand guard. So it's just, so this is the kind of like vibe that Anthony gets while Daphne has to be this like diamond and perfection. So, you know, the, the double standard is double standarding here.
4: Well, you know, also miss Mrs. Bridgerton was not very happy at her son for being late and not being around when they were all looking for him. So, you know, and she calls him out for it later and what he spends his time doing and what his priorities are and what they should be.
3: So. I mean, you could probably still smell the actions against the tree on him. Well, oh, no, hell. well <laughs> it was a smelly time.
1: Yeah, they probably weren't showering anyway, though. Listen, so I yeah, I. Well, you know what? The smell of this era of England is yeah. not something we need to explore because it was it's not a good. thing i thought. But we about, know it wasn't. Good. We all lose if we. Do that. That. Yeah, that's um, true.
3: That's true. Good lord, um. So so. Julie Andrews tells us that the brighter a lady shines, the faster she may burn. And this is such a great phrase. And it's also speaking of the peril that Daphne's in. Yes, wonderful that the Queen has called her flawless and incomparable and given her a kiss. But she now has to very, very quickly secure a match. Because uh, heaven forfend that you would get to the end of the season and not uh, have a proposal. So there's this time pressure on all the young ladies, but particularly on on Daphne as the sort of the standout of the season. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and that saying um is it it comes from normally people talk about like a candle that burns bright, will like burn down the most, and it's just another comparison to women as like something that um gets used up. Uh, so. <laughs> you know, you'll love to hear it. Um, But this is where we kind of get the introduction of Marina Thompson, who comes in. She is a distant relative of the Featheringtons. She will live right next door to the Bridgertons. And, ooh, watch out Daphne, because it seems that all of the men like Marina better than her. I mean, possibly because she doesn't have an older brother uh, looming on her shoulder. But still, she's much better liked.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they were was,
1: expecting like, her not to be
4: look, I mean, I guess they were expecting her not to look great, not to look as beautiful, because they're like, who who is this cousin that is, you know, you know, how are they going to really cause any competition? But it's like, oh, Marina is stunning. So this might even be an issue for the Featheringtons to even get their daughters married off because now Marina is competition for them, too. She's the country cousin.
3: Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry, Kirsten. She's the country cousin. She's poor. They don't expect her to have any uh, education, beauty, elevation, anything like that. But in fact, she arrives so beautiful and so simple. And I think it's that simplicity that also fights against the over-ornate, brash, colourful new money. So she stands out in that way as well.
1: Yes, and she uh, instantly catches uh, Colin Bridgerton's attention at the the first ball. Um, At this ball is where Daphne um, is really speaking with um, Lord Nigel Burbrook, that musty, yellow-toothed man that we do not like. Uh, And in escaping from him, she meets Simon Bassett, the Duke of Hastings, and she has a very... Um, abnormal introduction to him because normally at this time you would need to be introduced to someone by you know a mutual. You don't just run into someone, but she uh, asks asks for his name very firmly.
2: <laughs> I just love that Burbrook the gross man was really out here trying to be like when I was a schoolboy. I was really you know into you, and she was like when I was five. And you were, you know, probably at whatever, 15, whatever the math is. I don't care to do it because it's gross. But this man is just wild here. Like, he's doing the absolute most. So Daphne is just trying to get away, y'all. But, of course, the Duke being the Duke. And he's, you know, he's not trying to find a match, right? He's just there for because unfortunately lady danbury makes him go uh so he's just like yeah right you're just like all the other women but you're trying to come up with a better way to run into me and talk to me (laughs) so i just i love this back and forth with them and who
4: knew that by Daphne trying to get away from her brother and getting lemonade would lead her into a worse position, and then yeah. just really awkward? And she's like, "Oh, my brother sum- summons me. Adieu, okay, bye." <laughs> um, and then we see that interesting interaction where Daph- where you know Simon or you know Duke of Hastings is like, "You don't know who I am. You're you're lying. This is an excuse you're making to talk to me. That sort of thing." In so many words, but of course, we do eventually see an introduction.
1: Yes, and, and what we're led to believe with Simon is that he doesn't normally spend a lot of time in town. He's only here to wrap up affairs because his father has passed away, which is why he's now um, the Duke. Uh, and Lady uh, Danbury has forced him to come in. Uh, we don't know a lot about her, but we are led to believe that she has a lot of influence because she's able to just boss this, this young Duke around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: And we know that she's not his mom, I believe. Also, so that's another right thing. Yeah, yeah. no, we, yeah. she's
1: not. Um, like we we know that part. Yeah. No yeah. spoilers yeah. for
2: future. But it's that one, part and know. this
1: is the thing that's weird because, um, Lady Danbury is like a feature in the books uh, and is quite important to the plot overall, and like is around. Um, however, she doesn't really have as much of a tie to Simon as they have done in season one. Um, She's more so just like a member of society that's kind of around all of the time and is seen as influential as like an older um, dowager. Uh, But they've they've chosen in season uh, one to make her seem like a relation of some kind, but we don't really know what kind. We just know that she's not his mom.
3: Yeah, yeah, we get an indication that she swept in after his mother died, and he has he has a great attachment to her from being a a young child in her in her care or under her wing. Or we're not sure yet, but they have that relationship. And certainly, she just has to arch an eyebrow, and uh, he must do as she says. Oh yeah, yes. which
2: will <laughs> come come about later as well, but. Uh, also how like Anthony just blocking Daphne constant like not even man. letting
1: her dance with people like you'd think that he would understand the importance of her being seen as desirable even if it's not by the like, necessary exactly. people he wants her to marry
4: yeah he's like if he's anyone just- knows how this works it's your eldest brother it's like you clearly don't know how it works like it's like if you, you're not gonna have her at least like talk to these men how are they supposed to form any form of interest in her you know at that point it's like you are just kind of like this huge barrier that's in the way like even if they were attracted to her it's like they have no shot because you're just there like gatekeeping her the whole time.
2: No he truly doesn't know anything like all he knows is (laughs) like to sleep with Sienna who is his um, mistress or whatever I it is like his booty call.
1: Yeah well if in this time she would be his mistress and he would be Mm -hmm. her protector
2: yeah and that that's all they talk about. I just love that Anthony goes, the only great men here are your brothers. And it's like, what in the Alabama hell is that? <laughs> like, please stop this. We
3: find out that he was at school with the Duke and this makes Daphne uh, dislike the Duke even more because she says she knows what her brother's like and so Mm. she assumes that if they were friends, the Duke will also be a rake and that she has absolutely no interest in him and he's amused by this and says, well, he has absolutely no interest in her and thus the perfect romantic comedy first meeting.
1: (laughs) Yes, we love, listen, this is a romance romance show and it has the romance tropes and let me tell you is there anything I love more than an enemies to lovers fake dating romance no, I can't that's think truly of anything the, better it's, the best.
4: it's the, ble- the best like plot plot point like pathway like um, map honestly like it's great it works every time
1: and if you like that everyone I recommend you read the book the Spanish love deception because it is chef's kiss perfection it has all these tropes Ooh, um, the Love. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh before I, I say before we go any further uh i think we should probably take a, a break for uh a, a little ad so we'll be right back after this
5: step into the world of power loyalty
1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. (laughs) So we've just finished dealing with the first ball, the first introduction of Daphne and Simon and we get to see kind of the, how the season is starting to progress now the Featheringtons are having men basically knock down their door to see Marina not to see any of the the Featheringtons uh, and Daphne is not really having anyone there except for Nigel Burbrook and when another man shows up Anthony's like bullies them into leaving and is like why are you in my seat which is why are you sitting next to your sister anyways? Like, go, go touch grass. I don't know. (laughs) Go touch Sienna. Like instead of being here, my God, like
2: such an annoying orange, like he's truly the worst. And he drives me crazy because you can tell that he's just compensating for his own insecurity. And he's like, I am man. I am the, um, you know, head of this family. I'm the, I'm, is it yeah lord bridgerton like shut up anthony just stop it and i just love that girls like you was playing and then he's just like am i the first gentleman shut how dare you
1: after ruining everything of course you're the first gentleman he's like oh good i'm here before anyone else no that's bad anthony you idiot you are her
4: brother yeah, no. and then it's like, and then it's like, the, like you know, their mom is kind of at this point, like, oh, okay, well, we have to get Daphne to someone because Anthony is not helping the situation. So like, you know, when Lord Burbrook shows up, you know, Eloise is like, well, clearly Daphne is not into this. I'm going to hang out here. Like, I want to stay. And but she's like, I believe you sh- you would have to go, you know, her mom mm-hmm. at this point, because At this rate, is Daphne ever going to be slightly alone with anybody? Probably not if Anthony is just lurking around awkwardly and rejecting everybody for any single thing that they've done.
3: Is this as part of the wonderful work that um, is done by the show? It's not just that enemies to lovers is a trope. They don't rely on the fact that we'll just buy that. They are really careful to build up uh, Daphne's state of mind, Daphne's mm. physical situation, her domestic situation and what her feelings might be. And we are a little less time but still time spent with the Duke understanding his in feelings of entrapment, his desire not to be uh, mobbed by mamas and these uh, young girls that he has absolutely no interest in. It. He has declared he will never marry. He has declared he will never have a child. So there is not just enemies to lovers, but we see the work being done to bring us into their feelings, to bring us into who these people are, so that when they make the deal, we can see it has followed on from all the events beforehand.
1: Yes, absolutely. And this is where we do see um, they go to the theater with um, Lady Danbury, and she and Violet are kind of scheming a little bit because um, Lady Whistledown has not had nice things to say about either Daphne uh, or Simon. And the two women think, hey, you know what? Well, we could probably help both of their reputations was just a few, a few steps. And uh, it's really interesting because all of the scheming is done um very, very subtly. Um, like Lady Danbury just brings up that Simon has an affinity for a specific pie and Violet's like, oh, that's what my cook is known for. Like, okay, guess, guess we're having Simon over for dinner. And it's, <laughs> it's just done super, super subtly. But um, you pick up on all of the nuance of that and like, okay, now these, these two women know what's going on.
2: Yeah, I just love that how they do it so calmly, like things I could never, you know, be in my life, (laughs) patient, graceful, all of these things. So it's just they're obviously just scheming, plotting to get, you know, poor Simon and poor Daphne together. But I'll just say foreshadowing that, you know, Mama Bridgerton I will say she she's stressing her daughter out a little too much, girl. And it's like, maybe let's work together, not, you know, behind her back, literally. Because I'm like, Daphne, can you not hear any of this? How? Because <laughs> they're all sitting in the same booth. But I think Daphne is like, the queen just shaded me. And she just said, oh, she made quite an impression. However fleeting it may have been. So maybe that's where Daphne's head is right now
1: brutal also it's very strange to me how much they actually are encountering the queen <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I think that it would be a lot more normal that at like maybe at a really big ball for like someone who was really up there mm. maybe like the prince regent would show up but mm. like I don't think you're just encountering the queen at the theater
3: <laughs> I love the yeah. idea that you could though yeah it makes it very very special
4: very
2: personable in some ways. she's (laughs) a queen of the people looks like the rich people but people
3: (laughs) exactly (laughs) queen of the Um, rich people that's
1: perfect yes and so we're led to believe the implication of lady whistledown is that um nobody is interested in daphne therefore she is not desirable and that Um, Simon is not you know taking the bait which makes every mother uh, with a marriageable daughter want him even more like if I can be the one like if my daughter's the one who catches the Duke of Hastings then that will be such a coup Um, and so he's getting like way more attention than what he would want and (laughs) Daphne is getting no attention and she needs attention in order to get married yeah Yeah, and again
4: go ahead I was just going to say, and it gets to the point where, um, you know, Daphne has to express this to Anthony. She's like, you know, like Lady Whistledown has declared me ineligible. And then Anthony's like, oh, well, you're giving far too much credit to someone who's anonymous. You know, ultimately, the Queen's word is probably more important than Lady Whistledown. But Daphne's like, you're literally scaring every single suitor that I have away, you know, and you have no idea what it means to be a woman and have everyone, you know, uh, you know, your entire life reduced to a single moment. This is what I've been raised for. I have no value. If I'm unable to find a husband, I shall be worthless. And then he's like, well, Daphne, you're a Bridgerton. And she's like, it would be easier if I would not. Um, so I guess, you yeah. know, that ties into kind of what we were talking about earlier. And, you know, the you know the pressure of, you know, back in this era, it's like your worth is getting married to whoever, um, you know, and she knows that who she gets married to will set the d- tone especially because, you know, she has been pronounced by the Queen um, to be, you know, kind of the the favorite of the season, Um, that that's going to lead to potential prospects for like Eloise and her other sisters as well.
2: Yeah, but I also want to say that, you know, Anthony's maybe right that the Queen's opinion is the only one that matters, allegedly. But guess what? The Queen is out here reading Lady Whistledown. And she's being like, oh... Well, Miss Thompson, where you at? Cuz looks like you should have been the diamond. Um cuz you know all the boys are coming to the feathering tin yard for her. So it's just it's really funny that Anthony's so daft in this way that he just cannot put two and two together and you know th- this is where he can't look past his own privilege, right? Of being just like a man and the what I think Simon says uh that he is the ninth firstborn of the firstborn so it's just that he's dripping in privilege uh so he really can't see past his own nose is what I feel
1: well exactly and like he's not looking to get married so he doesn't have the experience with the quote-unquote marriage market Mm -hmm. and so he doesn't, he doesn't understand all of the little social tricks and, and how everyone is going to feel because he's never had to care about them before. But now he's acting like an authority when he has no idea. He doesn't know how to be an authority on this because he's not part of it until he decides to wed.
3: Yeah. Yes. He even has that privilege of laying aside his responsibility because he. one thing he says to the Duke when they're talking about taking on the mantles of their fathers, that both their fathers are now dead, Anthony says to the Duke, I have something you don't have. I have brothers. So you can see that he is very uncomfortable in his privilege, poor darling, uh, and yeah. is presumably plotting to put the mantle of responsibility onto the second brother, uh, Benedict. Benedict. Mm-hmm. You can remember because it's B. Yeah. A, B, C, D, e, F, G, H. Oh my god.
2: But yeah. Uh so yeah, that's basically why I just I wanted to make that note about Anthony too. It's just like he's driving me crazy and The queen is the biggest gossip. That's probably why she is going to the opera and all of
1: these things. Because she (laughs) needs the tea, baby. She didn't have podcasts back then. (laughs) Well, like, they, the only thing they have, like, blind items is, like, Lady Whistledown and other, like, Mm -hmm. anonymous gossip, like, chat book type situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing, okay, here's the thing that bothers me the most about Anthony. Like, obviously, it's everything. But, like, he's not even hot. He's not even hot. That this bum is bumps, I mean, I don't think it's that great. Yeah, like it's a butt. Yeah, I mean, I've seen better butts.
2: Yeah, we're here. Her, we are butt connoisseurs. Like <laughs> that.
1: I mean, um, I wouldn't go that far.
2: <laughs> listen, if we're gonna jump in, or jump in it all the way.
4: <laughs> but I guess, like, connecting that you know conversation that we're talking about with Anthony and Daphne to what happened at the opera is like ultimately the Queen basically was like, "Yeah, Daphne made quite an impression, however fleeting it might have been." So. Even the queen, she doesn't she doesn't think much of Daphne anymore at this point. You know. So, you know, Anthony it it doesn't basically, you know, Daphne is not perceived positively in terms of prospects by anyone right now. Yeah,
2: she's rude.
1: um so we do get um the dinner scene where Simon is joining the Bridgertons for dinner, they do not do a traditional dinner. The children do not eat separately in the nursery. The whole family eats together. Um which is kind of cute. Um Violet specifically says like I know it's controversial, but like we actually like each other. So it's nice to get that sense that this is a family that actually really cares about each other and want to be around each other. Um as compared to like Uh, I don't know, the Featheringtons who all seem
3: mad as hell all the time. And also in stark contrast, we will find to the Duke's uh, upbringing, what we know about him so far is his father is dead. He never wants to get married. And uh, he doesn't have brothers, so he's presumably an only child. So I think this is a wonderful scene, before we get to the back and forth between Simon and Daphne, of him sort of marvelling in this family dinner, the like of which he he has never seen, presumably. He's he's eaten with his comrades in men's clubs and he's eaten at formal dinners, but he's never seen this family all in together, everyone talking at once, peas flying, and you can see There's a a puzzlement and yet a delight as he sits there.
2: Yeah. It's like that butterfly meme, right? Where it's like, is this normal family? Uh, (laughs) And that's what I think of like him during this whole dinner, because it's the only time in these first few episodes, but really definitely this episode that I feel like he's genuine or he's Mm -hmm. not like putting on this. It's me against the world kind of, you know, life. Like I feel like it's, He's normal and he's like a little bit of weight is left off his
1: shoulders during his dinner. This dinner. Yes. And and Violet looks so happy that this has worked out. Yeah. And Anthony is like furious that his (laughs)
3: friend is over for dinner.
2: (laughs) He's like this rake. How dare. (laughs) Like,
3: no, no way. No how. But Violet has a very interesting theory where she feels that reformed rakes make the best husbands. She said, "That was my man." Yeah, I think and one, one woman
2: yeah. How many kids out of him?
3: Yes, exactly. <laughs> a lot. So I think she she's a proponent of sow your wild oats and then um, and then cleave to one person until you die. And I mean, I feel like a lot of people have that.
1: opinion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 I, I think that's probably uh, yeah everyone live your life don't don't feel like you need to wait for one person but if you want to also that's okay yeah do what feels
1: right for you yes. that's the moral of the story period sasha i appreciate it yeah you're <laughs> welcome thanks for i know advice. you needed it oh oh my god
2: no you needed that push i'm saying to live oh. your best life oh, <laughs> I was like, no i was like oh my
1: god sasha <laughs> no
2: i was saying to live
3: her best S-
1: life. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> meanwhile jenny oh was dying right now <laughs> yeah Geneva's was like <laughs> i gotta go i'm leaving it's fine <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that was it one podcast only bye
4: <laughs> bye y'all no
1: just kidding yeah, i've never had someone quit live on air but you know what it's time for everything you know
4: new things happen in 2022 so that Whoa. might happen right now just kidding
1: she said she's leaving oh my god no um, it's it's a joke i know <laughs> no i'm just making um, sure the audience knows. all right well go. tune in next week to see if geneva deigns to join us or not Ooh, cliffhanger Ooh, yes <laughs> um we do have at the at the dinner table um daphne and simon do ultimately start arguing because they really did not get off on the right foot and nothing has been done to correct that. Like, there's... Like, when you get off on the wrong foot with someone, I feel like you have to talk to them and be like, hey, like, I'm really sorry about that. This is what was going on. And then you can, like, make it work. But, like, they've had none of that. They
4: the do th- thinks he's perfect. He's like, oh, you must be happy sitting next to me.
1: And oh, I mean, but to be he fair, is. I would be. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I
4: would be, but Based on how
1: their last interaction went, would she? I mean. Well, because he really thinks that that last interaction was her, like, trying to force the matter to give her introduction. So, like, this man is up here acting like he is God's gift to the world. And and he thinks that Daphne agrees. (laughs) I hate to say this, but where is the lie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Daphne doesn't
2: agree. (laughs) Listen, Daphne, girl. Because Daphne don't know the ways of the world. You feel me? As soon as she figures it out, spoiler alert, (laughs) things might change. I don't know. But the point is, if a man that looks like that sits by you, you make it work, baby. Somehow.
4: But for some reason, she's like, oh, you're friends with my brother. And as we know, my brother's crazy. So you must be crazy, too. Which means, nope. Sorry. Or at least that's what I'm going to tell you. So that you don't think that you're so great as you claim to be. Or whatever. And
1: whatnot. So... She's trying to put him in his place. And you know what? I respect it. I
4: do. They're
1: both very proud people. Uh, and why wouldn't you be as an extremely attractive titled person? in age, <laughs> <Yeah, table? DNA, laughs> right? Exactly. But, then,
4: but then this man. Okay. Because of course he, you know, he, he was, his ego was bruised. He was rejected. He said, I'm anything but interested in you. The eldest sister of my oldest friend. Yet another recent subject of a certain writer. Chase. Neat desperate and she's like oh, shall i shall have you and he's like to marry that is tell me i'm wrong
1: it's mean he's he's mean he's yeah, he
2: helped the lady mean. whistle
3: down he's being a bully
1: yeah he's toxic which is
3: you know here we are he, he says he doesn't want the mamas and the young ladies to be flocking him and here's a young lady who's not flocking him and he doesn't like it
2: yeah he's like why aren't you like everybody else it's well, obviously. because he thinks this is, like, a con, that she mm-hmm.
1: is actually, like, everyone. <laughs> exactly, yeah. She, like, Silly. she, like, really, he really thinks that she is yeah the swindler in this situation. <laughs> but she got um, money. Yeah, but, like, she she doesn't, like, necessarily need his money and attention. She just needs, like... Any wealthy title. yes gentleman's money mm-hmm. and duke attention. is higher than lord right yeah so duke so, is yeah. like as high as you can get without being royal okay yeah exactly so that's also another thing why people maybe
2: mm-hmm. are interested in the
1: duke yeah duke duke is like top of the food chain um for yeah. the the whole like season situation and I believe um Anthony is a viscount so. He's definitely titled, you know, above a country baron type situation, but he's a few steps below a duke. Yeah, at okay. least one step below, at least two steps below a duke. I know, So it'll be a duke a and then a marquis. But then is viscount next? I don't know.
3: But and lord and then is baron. Yeah, well, it's because a
1: lot of the like a. A lord ne- doesn't necessarily mean anything specific. right? Sarah? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Like yes. they they would call him Lord Bridgerton, but he's a Viking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Got it. Anyway. And I do believe like it would be appropriate to call Simon like, oh, my lord. Like you wouldn't be like, oh, hello, Duke. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right? No, eh. mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'm wrong, yeah. I'm wrong.
3: No, no, you're right.
1: Listen, I've heard a lot of fiction
3: said in this time and place. <laughs> <laughs> and also we, oh, no. we, we both live in monarchies.
2: Oh,
4: technically,
3: yes. yes. Technical. In the
4: commonwealth. Common. It yes, it's common Duke, Marquis, Earl, Earl,
1: Viscount, Earl. and then yeah. Baron.
4: Yeah, and Baron. And, yeah, Earl, etc. <laughs> I forgot
2: Earls. Earl. Yeah, me too. Anyway, or whatever. Earl slash count everyone. Is,
4: yeah, and then you have the other slashes. Great.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's kind of where we, um after the dinner, do we want to talk about the drama now? We Uh, always talk about the drama. I mean, I always want to talk about the
1: the drama because Violet and Anthony get into it. Yes. This is where I feel
2: like... Because I was a little stressed on Violet, right? I'm like, girl, you're the mom. You're still technically the head of the house inside the house, right? Like, not out... Not in polite society. But in the house, you're the head. So stand up for your child for once. So finally, they do... um, Anthony and Bridgerton, Mama Bridgerton or Violet start talking. And then I just, I love that she now starts to drag him back and she spills all his tea. Cause she's like, oh, now you want to be in our house,
1: I- in your office instead of a certain soprano? Like wouldn't yeah, you rather she's be there? Like, she's like, oh, are you even going to go home to your bachelor's quarters tonight? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to go to your opera singer's home that you pay for and that you finance her life? I'm like, oh, but you care about responsibility now. Hmm. Yeah. And, are you Are uh,
2: you dependent on your brothers to do all the work, or are you actually going to show up and talk and do your duty? For what?
4: if your father was here, Daphne would already be matched, which is very true. Probably at this mm-hmm. rate, I think he probably would have been like. Yeah, you know, I want a good match, but I don't think he'd be spending as much time as Anthony has to like literally mm-hmm. say, No, this is my seat, or nope, this person hasn't paid their debts. No, this person hasn't done this. No, this person is not the right occupation, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, like a, a father figure would be at the balls sometimes, not always. Mm-hmm. Um maybe in a gambling room, uh, would probably not care too much about who their daughter is dancing with unless she like messed up and danced with someone three times in one night he, and Oh,
3: then no, oh no, no. Basically.
1: Um, two dances is a lot but like three dances game over I think he would care about that I think that if someone came to him with a proposal and he was like well I know this person doesn't hasn't paid their gambling debts he probably would decline their offer yeah. but like he wouldn't be there every step of the way he would leave it to Violet to get things going and figure Let out the women do to. the work exactly (laughs)
3: yeah it's giving lion lioness yeah (laughs)
2: literally (laughs) let her go out and hunt yeah let her hunt yeah and i'll do all the signing
3: (laughs) she doesn't seem at all judgment she's not judgmental about the mistress she's just saying i know about the mistress and given that we've surmised that her husband himself was a reformed rake i don't think she's anti him having a mistress but she's saying You have you can do that, but you also have to step up. And if you want to be the man of the household, you have to act in that fashion and you are not.
1: Well, and I I believe, and my timeline might not be completely correct, but I know that Anthony is quite a bit older than Daphne. I think maybe 12 years is my guess. Like he's a bit older. So like he also is at an age where it might be expected of him to marry um, since he is the current um viscount and he does not have an heir like it would make sense for him to also be looking to marry at this point in time like it's not like he's like two years older and it's like well he's he's 18 why why would he be getting married right
2: yeah he's 30 and allegedly according to quick search and daphne's 21
1: yeah, th- there's no yeah. way Daphne's 21. I'm sorry. Like I, agree. I think they I think made she's the, like 16. <laughs> I think that they just made them older to make it more palatable for people to watch someone getting mm-hmm. married off. Like she would have been ma- 17 yeah or 18 for her first season. She would not be getting presented to court at 21 in
2: 1813. Agreed. Unfortunately. Just,
1: like if if she was 21 she would already be considered on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, which is it's so sad. Like, isn't that's that embarrassing? Bad. Like, that's not good. Jeez. Um, and so after this, uh, Anthony's feeling very bad about not doing his duty, and so he he breaks up with Sienna and says, I can't I can't see you anymore. I don't understand. You said you'd protect me always. You promised to uh-huh. come to me, my
4: lord. What shall I do now? You shall leave.
1: Listen, lady, like, you're a young hot opera singer. You'll find someone else to take care of you. That would literally be your life at that point in time.
3: Yeah. Perfectly reasonable. She's gorgeous. She has a lovely voice. Thanks. She's lively. She yeah, could uh, She could have anyone. She'll be fine. I she mean, I don't think
1: she me. could have anyone, but, like, she would definitely no. have someone else who's going to pay for her life. Yes. Oh, my God. Having someone to pay for your life. Imagine that.
3: (sighs) I know in theory I pay for my own life, but like Uh,
1: gross.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I was unemployed for like three months of my life. And I will say it was low key nice to be like, wow, my husband pays for me. And then it got weird. And I was like, all right, damn it. Like, hey, fine. I'll get a job. Yeah. (laughs) Well, feminists can stay at home. Sorry. That was rude. But for me.
1: I went back. Yeah, I mean, you did what was right for you, which is the the key tenant of all of it. Um, Going back to that, Um, (laughs) back to Jenny. Right? I'm just kidding. We do also get. um, There's also a little bit more drama with Lady Featherington because Marina's been there over a month and girl hasn't gotten her period, so. Yeah, the sheets
4: are too clean. Apparently,
2: yeah. I mean, Marina already knew this was coming because right in the first, like the first cut scene of her alone. I think this is the first time we see her alone. She's already checking the sheets, stressed, and then uh, Featherington and her damn maid. That damn maid, which again, I'm not trying to ruin everything, so I'll let it be for now. But snitches like on her, so it, it got weird. But Marina, you know, it seems like there is something going on, and. She does fight back and gets, unfortunately, hit. a slap.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think I wanted to be here, Lady Featherington, to be around people like you, with people so out of touch, so superior? And then that got her a slap. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, it was pretty bad to say that. So I guess. I mean. But I agree. The, I but I also feel like she so was. I think so it's
1: worse to hit a child, which is. Who's yeah. yeah. No, and no, no. But those, I mean, the
4: no, but I mean, she said that, like, she said that before she got that. No, I, I'm just Point. saying like, no, I'm yeah. just saying like, she shouldn't have said that, but also like, I, no, I I don't think that she should have been slapped. Well, I uh, think didn't even just say.
1: endorse to slap him. No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm just
4: saying I definitely did not. So I'm just <laughs> he saying. Was like, oh, the
1: record shows that I did not
4: say that? That, of, that is not the words that came out of my mouth. I just felt like that, like, it, she probably should yeah. have said that, TBH. But again, I feel for Marina because, like, it's like Lady Featherington needs to chill. And she basically was like, you know, I should be happy that I, you know, like have, you know, something against you. Or, but when my husband hears of this or, you know, my, you know, your father, you know, all this sort of stuff about your recklessness. So like Lady Featherington was rude. Um, but well, also we knew she was
1: rude from the first freaking scene when she's mad that her daughter can't cinch her waist to the size of a freaking orange. Get out of here. Crazy. Which is like, what a random fruit. Like, to
2: yeah. decide, so
3: that whole scene was just a mess in general. But yeah, the thing is that the thing, the insulting thing that Marina says, and I love her speaking the truth to power, is Lady Featherington is Lady Bountiful. She has taken in the poor. Country cousin, and she has shown her a life that she could never have had, and therefore this generosity should be responded to with abject gratitude. And Marina is not even slightly grateful; in fact, rejects uh, the entire setup, and that is what is so shocking to Lady Featherington. I think is to say, is for someone to say, "I don't want this life." Lady She says, I've given you this wonderful opportunity and for someone to stand up and say, I don't want it. It's really shocking and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic and, you know, may have uh, contemporary reflections in what's happening now in our world.
2: Yeah, and also see she... Is probably hormonal, which is also another reason why she, you know, said
1: whatever she said. I don't know. Yeah. I've not, not well, like, it. I mean, surely she's bugging, right? Yeah, like she's been checking the sheets, she's seen no blood, exactly. Uh, she's
2: just a stressed, like, she's think.
1: in a situation where, um, that is not okay. You can't, just, right? It's, yeah, it's a bad situation for her. So, so yeah, getting called on it, um, she does not respond well, uh, no. Which that is, was, I guess, bad. fair enough. Um, so the episode, the end scene of the episode all happens where they're all at Vox Hall um, Gardens. There's some fireworks. Um,
3: sure are. <laughs> yes. In Literally and figurative <laughs> yes. um,
1: fireworks. Um, so at this um, event, Anthony is like, listen, Lord Burbrook, he's never been violent to an animal or a woman. He makes a good living. He pays his debts. You will marry him. He doesn't clean his teeth. But I mean, probably most of them weren't doing that's the best. That's true also. Right? Dang. Yeah. Well, okay.
2: Well, he looks Sasha like just wanted episode. to add to the list of why like,
1: he's like, not <laughs> worth it. They really go out of their way to make him look just completely unsightly. Like, I don't know what that actor actually looks like, but...
2: It's yeah, good but
1: he looks like a toad on here. I don't believe that mm-hmm. he probably in real life looks like that, but horrible. Just I, horrible. And I'll never know because I'm not Googling. Him. Yeah, I was no. like, should I Google? And I was oh, like, I don't, no, I don't really hmm. care too much. Because what if he does? What if he does look like that? That's just bad news. I don't
3: want it. <laughs> I think no. I'm pretty sure there's a comedy teeth. I don't know that. Yeah, Even I mean, in it's English also like his
2: personality things. that we hate. Like, I well, want to make yeah. that clear. It's like, yeah. oh, I looked him up normal. Okay, he looks normal. <laughs> okay. um, Look, well, that's yeah. good. He ate, good. Jamie he ate, Beamish
3: is his name.
2: He ate Sorry, a biscuit who?
3: without a plate, so I'm I'm against him.
2: Yeah, Jamie so,
3: Beamish is his name.
2: Jamie, yeah. Jamie
3: Beamish. Yeah.
2: But you can put Lord Burbrook actor. That's what I did. Okay,
1: I he mean looks fine. <laughs> he looks like why, a normal. Why woman. is
4: it literally the first three photos I see him of him are like the weirdest things though. Okay,
1: here's the thing. A, the second picture looks like a mugshot, Yeah. I don't yes. think that is bad. <laughs> oh. But B, I think this is just a I think that he just is a very normal looking English man. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, what English I men agree. look like, believe me, I know. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Oh, But, Mm. yeah, so the point is, yeah, it's his
1: personality. It's very ugly. Like, you can make up for a lot with a good personality.
2: Yeah, because here it's, like, everyone is having fun, living their best life, but Anthony has just screwed his sister because, you know, this is where, again, Violet, you're messing up, lady, because you should have not said that he, you know, that, the man, the head of the house, would have gotten Daphne married because look who she's about to get married to, this toad. So come on. Come on, I people. Mean,
1: but even then, when Nigel berberk was the first one to show up to visit, Violet was like, okay, yep, we'll leave them alone because yeah. she's like well, got to get Daphne married, so I guess she's probably okay with this.
2: Which is so unfortunate. So and, like, gross. no one is here to help Daphne, but – I don't think Daphne maybe needs the help, y'all.
3: No, I'm just I. I this She's is a very woman. a dark turn on the dark walk is Ooh, taken yeah. as Daphne moves away from society, away from other people. This is not something that a young lady should be, should never be, not in the company of of someone responsible. And we get an intimation. Uh, It's uh, off screen as the camera is on the Duke hearing it. But we get an intimation that Nigel is quite prepared to, let's say, ruin her reputation there and then in the dark walk, which is why you don't go there by yourselves and which is why she punches him. But I like the darkness of that. I like the bitterness of that in the middle of this you know, glorious, the design is incredible, the costumes are amazing, Mm -hmm. the lights are Vauxhall, this sort of buffoonish idiot that we all don't like, but we don't imagine how he could turn and offer sexual violence, basically, Mm -hmm. against someone in order to make her his and think that's okay, particularly immediately after Anthony has said he's never been violent to an animal or a woman. And it's like, yeah, not in Mm -hmm. front of you. Yes, that is
1: definitely the big point. The other thing too that I will bring up is the way they handle Lord Burbrook is very different from how he is in the books. Um, He is a character in the books and he is an undesirable suitor to Daphne, but he's undesirable because he's basically they make it seem like that whole family is really stupid. Um, (laughs) Like that he just like cannot carry a conversation, can't do like anything. And I believe the scene where she ends up punching him uh, actually happens at a ball um, off to the side. I think he's, like, proposing to her, like, Mary, I'm so in love with you. Like, you have to marry me. Um, it's not seen as, like, the way it's done in the show. Uh, and she he tries to kiss her, which is not great, but, like, it doesn't have the same sinister feel as it does in the show, which I it probably serves the show well to have it be yeah. a little bit more um, sinister. But I also think it's kind of part of... Um, they really intertwine a lot of different aspects from like the greater Bridgerton universe into this season of the show. Um, And I I think it's more compared to something that happens in a later, a later book slash season. Got it. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to watch this again with
2: maybe other characters, (laughs) Uh, but I just, I appreciate that Daphne punches him because again, we've seen her right as this, damsel in distress with an asterisk right like she does stand up for herself but still she's trying to be prim and proper trying to find a good man and a good man not just a man so she's like out here really working you know these circles trying to get these dances but unfortunately this this ugly nigel just keep ugly i mean personality wise like keeps showing up and it's just being so disrespectful so i just appreciate her punching him and then the duke shows up of course when Mm -hmm. he's when she punches him which i again i needed it
1: i like it i want the like cheesy (laughs) rom-com i like it yeah he just happened to be nearby comes out sees what's going on um at this point daphne is like whoa my reputation will be totally ruined if anyone finds out about this i've got to go uh but simon has a plan something that could help both of them uh, because he is getting way more attention than he wants and she is not getting nearly enough so if they pretend to fall in love he will appear to be off the market and some of the the mothers will will chill out a little bit Those and mothers. she will appear to be highly desirable and more men will flock to her side uh, so they've made this agreement and they walk out together, uh, and people cannot look away. The fireworks I can't, are going—that's for
4: sure. And then he has to say, "Stare into my eyes." She, she doesn't. She
1: does not know how to like feign interest. She, he's like, "Look into my eyes." Yeah, she's and so then, over him. She's and then like, they Ugh. like start dancing. The fireworks Here. are going. Everyone it's is staring closer. Closer.
4: If closer. This is supposed to work. We must appear madly in love.
3: Uh, it's like, it's it a genius me. plan. It's a genius plan. As long as neither of them actually falls in love,
1: there's a. Yeah. It's like uh, and uh, a walk to remember. It's like just one rule: don't fall in Daphne, love She thinks yet. it's
4: absurd, and Simon's like, "Well, I think it's quite brilliant, provided that you do not wish to marry me, and I don't wish to marry you. Whatever do we have to lose? Everything. But we know foreshadowing.
1: Listen, we know where this is going. Yes. If you've um, ever read any rom-com or watched any rom-com in your life, you know yeah, what's going You happen. know what's going on. Um, and so at the end of the episode, we get more of Lady Whistledown's musings, and she is talking about a match that has been struck between Daphne and Simon. Uh, and that's that's where we leave episode one. Ooh, we did it. Ooh, I'm in. We did. Um, I loved it. Do any of you have anything else that we missed or we want to touch base on for episode one? No, I just wanted to say I love that
2: last dance scene. It's so beautiful. I just need some to go to someone's wedding so they can redo it and I can just, you know, be in attendance. Like that's that's just all
1: I had to share. Sasha, that. you <laughs> could just renew your vows. Me no, waiting for 10 years. Yeah you could That's just true. you could do it already there's I, there's no one you can renew your vows yeah let me do just do whenever. it every year
4: <laughs> do it every year invite all three of us so we should
2: it be with the, the same, same man house. is the question
1: just i honest. mean yes oh my uh, god i don't know how your husband
2: I'm on about romantic
1: that. <laughs> get away with him oh my god poor guy he's hoping i hope, I hope oh, that you let happy. him know that i'm on his side
0: <laughs> yes <laughs>
3: I, feel I think there's so oh, much. There's so much in this series to satisfy many, many tastes. If you're here for the frocks, there's lots of frocks. Mm. If you're here for the romance, there's plenty of romance. Even for dried up old sticks like me, we might actually fall in love as well. If you want to look at uh, our contemporary world as filtered by Shonda Rhimes through. Uh, through Regency uh, London and society that's there for you as well there's certainly social commentary there's certainly political commentary but if you just want to luxuriate and be I was going to say lushful I don't have lushfuls it's definitely not a word but I quite like it that sort of lustful and lush at the same time Uh, there's plenty to come on on that front as well so I mean not a, nothing is for everybody, but I think this is very much for a very broad uh audience uh, that you find your own meaning and your own pleasure uh in its in its embrace. Absolutely. Um and we've got nine more episodes that we will
1: be covering over the next little bit. Um no, I think seven. Season two. Seven is it only eight? Yeah. <gasps> I feel like it's ten in my head. I know
2: in my head too. Oh
1: my I, God, okay, I well, we've got a We've got seven up. more coming yes. up. Yeah. Um, makes me feel a little bit better about the recording schedule. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, make sure everyone's le- you all are leaving us five star reviews if you love
1: this. Yes, five star only. We do not accept lower yeah. than five star reviews. Um, there, it's actually if you try to do and it won't let you on this mm-hmm. feed um and you know you just tempted people <laughs> sarah can you um help us out with the link to
3: our our podcast we don't know you had it written down absolutely so you can subscribe to us and us only get a direct fix to us com forward slash bridgerton easy i should have known yeah. that
1: but i forgot um but yeah so uh, since we're
3: on you sarah if people are looking to hear more from you where can they find you Uh, Please follow me at Sarah Carradine on Twitter. That's I'll tell you everything that I'm doing and I also love amplifying the voices of terrific podcasters all around me. I'm very lucky to be surrounded by many of them, uh, three of them on this podcast right now. Uh, uh, Elsewhere on Post Show Recaps, uh, it's uh, a little older now but you could still revisit it, I covered Landscapers with Grace Leader.
1: Amazing. Uh, and Geneva, what about you? Where can people find you?
3: People can find
4: me at Peace PeaceLoveJen on Twitter. I tweet about all the reality TV that I am watching. Currently, Celebrity Big Brother 3, Joe Millionaire. Um, what else is going on on TV? Like, love is blind right now. Well, but I don't know, probably be beyond that by the time you guys listen to this. Um, <laughs> anything, yeah, anything that's basically on I'm basically watching it. I'll be watching probably more stuff in my free time. That's basically all I do. And then you can just uh, also support not only uh, this podcast, The Dark Walk, but also support silent podcasts. Um, I, you know, run a lot of behind the scenes over there, may have a podcast at some point soon, but so stay tuned for that amazing sorry a
1: lot of background noise over here there's someone setting off fireworks directly outside of my apartment building which I don't think oh, is wow. the box so full yeah, yeah it's I for know. you <laughs> For me. Yep. I just need to dance yeah we um, made it happen for you so hopefully <laughs> you guys couldn't hear that too loudly but it was um it was it nice. felt like they were hitting my window um Sasha where can people find you you can find me on Twitter at fun
2: underscore You can also check me out on silent podcast. I'm sure I'm going to be doing something or the other, um, wherever you listen to, um, podcasts, it'll be on there. So, um,
1: make sure you go check that out um, and check me out for where I'm next and what about you Kirsten? Hell yeah you can follow me everywhere at Kirsten Said What including twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What and I have a weekly Bojack Horseman rewatch podcast with the great Lindsay Wilson um, at Bojack Horse Pod you can find that anywhere where you get podcasts and by the time this comes out I think that we will be verging on a new Riverdale uh, season so watch out for that (laughs) Um, But we will be back uh, quite soon to talk about uh, season one, episode two of Bridgerton, uh, which is called Shock and Delight. So we will see you next time. Ah.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?